Hey everybody and welcome to the weekly message for The Table. The Table is a church in Davenport, Iowa where people are moving from greed toward generosity, from violence toward peacemaking, from isolation toward neighborliness, and from fear toward faith. I'm Pastor Rob Leverage and it is good to be with you on this beautiful Sunday afternoon. I want to share a very important announcement for uh, The Table fellowship and community. We are having Baptism Sunday uh, in in just a couple of weeks. It's going to be Sunday, August the 8th, and it's going to be at our normal worship time, which is 5 p.m. But we are going to be, if, you're, if you are part of the Quad Cities community, um, we are going to be having baptisms uh, on the 8th of August at 5 p.m., and we're going to do it on the Mississippi River on the, at the beach that's called Buffalo Shores in Buffalo, Iowa, which is just a little ways outside of the city limits of Davenport. So we'll be sharing more about that online uh, in the days to come, but I wanted to make sure I shared that announcement today. Our scripture reading uh, today comes from the book of Ruth, and it is, um, per, I, I think people know the name Ruth and the character Ruth, but we might not know uh, the story of Ruth and Naomi as well. So we're going to hear just a little bit of that right now. I invite us to open our hearts and give a good listen. Naomi started to return with her daughters-in-law from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had consideration for his people and had given them food. So she set out from the place where she had been living, she and her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, Go back to each of you to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find security each of you in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud. They said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters, because the hand of the Lord has turned against me. They wept aloud again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There I will be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me, and more as well, if even death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. So the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If we could have our way we'd spend our lives adding and accumulating good things, and, and then we would rid ourselves of troublesome bad things. We would meet wonderful people and have great relationships. We'd discover and consume great literature, art, food, natural wonders. We would study the work of classical and contemporary genius. 
geniuses, right? And if we had bad habits, you know, we would just learn better and we would do better. If we had trauma or heartbreak, we would move on. Anything harmful, we would purge from our lives. You know, life would be about adding the good and subtracting the bad if we had our preference. And that is not what real life is actually like, of course. Our lives lack a lot of the good that we want, and our lives are full of things that we don't want, right? Work you don't want to do, people you don't want to deal with, messes that you don't want to clean up, stuff that you don't want added gets added. But even more troubling is the good stuff that gets lost. The gifts, the treasures, you know, things that we want that get taken away or that fall out of our lives. The story of our lives is partly what we get, partly what we lose. You know, we lose just by growing. If we had a healthy upbringing, right, we grow up and lose the safety and predictability of home. Right? I remember loving to play with toys, little little toy transformers that I had and little little toys like that. And I there, there's a magic of that that I do not have as a grown person, right? Um, as we grow up, we lose the confidence that there is an answer to every question and that that some grown up will be able to answer everything that we might want to know. Right? If we're fortunate to get old, our bodies don't work the way they used to and we lose our physical and our mental prowess some of us lose our hair <laughs> and it it, it sucks it, it's a real bummer uh, but of course some loss is so profound and so traumatizing that it actually shapes our life story um, in wars people lose their homes their communities their nations I, I'm, I'm getting uh, ready for a graduation party for my son and my I'm working on getting the house ready and everything and I, I, I heard a, a story on the news about a family's home that was bombed in Afghanistan and I imagined my house being blown up with a bomb it's it's actually hard for me to imagine that as I'm like cleaning up my yard but there are many people in the world for whom that has really happened. People lose their homes in war. People lose their homes when they're deported by the government or when a parent goes to jail or when an employer shuts down and there's no income and they can't pay the rent. There are many ways um, that loss <laughs> shapes our life experience. Sometimes we lose sense of our, our, our sense of ourselves. Have you ever made a series of mistakes and then, and then thought, what? What? Who am I? How did I get here? Have I lost the person that I thought that I was? A lot of loss, right, in this life. I don't know what the hardest kind of loss is, but it might be the loss of people who we love. Sometimes cherished relationships come to an end, maybe because of conflict or betrayal or because two people simply drift apart and it's a great loss 
And of course, sometimes we lose people we love because they die. We might know that it's coming. We might have time to prepare and say goodbye. Or it might happen suddenly. No chance to be ready, as if you ever could be, you know, completely ready. The grief can be so devastating that we wonder if we can carry on. It's hard to imagine my life after a loss like this. So our life stories are shaped so powerfully by loss. I'm a big fan of the, the Pixar movie Up. I saw it when it came out over a decade ago. I liked it, um, but I saw it again a few years a few years ago, and it, it I was really deeply affected by it the second time that I saw it. I don't know why it, it hit me differently, but Up is the story of a, a friendship that develops between a young boy named Russell and an old retired guy named Carl. And they go on a somewhat outlandish, outlandish uh, adventure together. I recommend you watch the movie. Here's the thing. Um, if you saw Up in the theater, or if you were going over to a friend's house and they had started the movie and you walked in, say you got there 20 minutes late, and you walked in 20 minutes into the movie, I would say that you, in that moment, you might not realize that you were late because about 20 minutes into this film is the beginning of what the ads and the previews told you that the story was about, okay? If you walked in at 20 minutes late, you would meet Carl, uh, you would meet the little boy, and you would get the premise of this adventure that they're going to go on, and then they would get things underway, and you would be along for the ride. You would not know that the opening of the movie is actually the story of Carl's younger life, his decades and decades of devotion to his wife, the dreams that they had, their many struggles and setbacks over the years, and of course, her death. All of that is shown in the opening to the film. But it's strange, too, because we learn about Carl's, you know, about Carl from age 6 to age 80 with all of the, the milestones and the thresholds that are familiar to, you know, a, a generalized life story, right? And we, we get to the point where you would expect that this is the end of the story, okay? But it's still the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. And see, we, we may be tempted. And in fact, Carl, this, you know, fictional animated character, <laughs> Carl himself may have been tempted to presume that his story was over, especially given all that he had lost. But his story was still unfolding. A new part of his story was just beginning. Yeah. So the scripture for today is about Ruth and Naomi. This is one of the great stories of friendship, companionship, partnership that we have in the Bible. Ruth and Naomi are, Naomi and Ruth are mother-in-law and daughter-in-law. 
and they lose everything, but they hold on to each other and they journey to a new place and they make a new life in a new community. The deep love and the boundless affection and commitment shared between Ruth and Naomi is sometimes lifted up as a model for covenant in wedding ceremonies. So I don't know if you've ever heard the words, uh, where, you, where you go, I will go, your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Um, that, that is sometimes read at weddings. Of course, Ruth and Naomi were not married to each other, um, but their relationship began with Ruth's marriage to Naomi's son, Malan. Um, and then there's another character, Orpha, or Orpha, excuse me, uh, who is uh, married to Naomi's other son. But um, Ruth and Naomi's relationship became what it became because of tragedy, the loss of husbands, homes, possessions, and all expectations for what life had in store for them. So the story is, um, Naomi was from Judah. Okay, she was from Israel. But she moved with her husband, Elimelech, which is a great name. I should name my next kid Elimelech. Uh, so Elimelech and Naomi, they moved to a foreign nation, foreign nation called Moab. This is actually the distance from like Davenport to Peoria. <laughs> but, but, you know, back in those days, if, especially if you're walking everywhere, it's a foreign land, okay? Foreign land, these are foreigners now. They are among foreigners. And they had sons who got married to women of Moab. And then later Naomi's husband Elimelech died and then her son died, and then her other son died. And so now, after many, many years, she's far from home. She's far from her family of origin. She lost all of the people that she loved the most in the world, along with any uh, livelihood she may have thought she could have or any sense of stability. Um, and of course, Ruth also lost her husband and her life had fallen apart, and so the same with her sister-in-law, Orpah. Naomi decides to move back to Judah in Israel, where she could reconnect with extended family, restart her life. Ruth and, and Orpah together initially decide to go with her. So to leave Moab, of course, means that Ruth is now losing her community and her homeland. Okay, in addition to losing her loved one and her father-in-law. Naomi, in fact, urges her and her sister-in-law to stay back, to go home and make a new start in the land of Moab. Um, and Orpah, though she's, you know, she's devastated emotionally, she eventually decides she will. But Ruth says, no, I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to go with you. To the land of Judah. And these two women now have a very unique bond and devotion. Everything that they have between the two of them, who they are together, it is forged by overwhelming and crushing loss. Now, for you and I, as inheritors of these, this story, as readers of the Bible, we are told 
that this loss is not the end, but it is part of a beginning. I don't know how, how easily uh, Ruth herself would have been able to look at things that way. Okay? But this is the perspective that we have as people who receive this story as part of our faith tradition. But the loss that they experienced, the loss of Elimelech and the two, his two sons, this loss is so fundamental. And, and it's not just that it's the magnitude of the loss. It's, it is also completely out of their control. You know, they did not do anything to cause their loss, right? And you may know from having experiences in your life, like that sense of just the lack of control over the things that happen, no matter how intentional and no matter how um, focused on living well you might be when things happen and losses, you experience loss that is completely out of your control. Just how completely discouraging and disorienting and destabilizing that can be. But what we see here is that they, Ruth and Naomi, they did not proceed as if they were powerless in the face of the loss. And, and that's interesting, you know. Um, in the aftermath of this trauma and the, this loss and in the midst of their grief, they did not, tr they did not view themselves as uh, able to do nothing, right? They didn't give up. They didn't throw their hands up. What's the point, right? They possessed a kind of resolve to continue living. And this was not just a matter of simple determination, right? You never give up. I mean, that's obviously a big piece of it. But it also required a lot of creativity and problem solving. And, and it would take a long time to get into all of this. But um, basically, the situation that they were in at this point, given the realities of the historical context that they were in, means that they to, to create a new life for themselves, they really had to negotiate a bunch of complicated societal power dynamics within which they were quite vulnerable. Okay? It was a really treacherous uh, thing to try to, you know, move back to Judah and try to reintegrate into the communities there. Okay? They have to operate according to social norms that are, are really unfair uh, to them as women and to Ruth in particular, because she is a foreigner. Okay. But they make their way. Um, they, they, they make it work. And they go from being essentially homeless and really on the edge of starvation, actually, to the point where they are okay, you know, and they are establishing new connections. Ruth eventually is married to a new person named Boaz. And by the end of the book, uh, it's not a long book of the Bible. If you, if you want to read it start to finish, it's only, it's less than 10 pages long. But by the end of this, uh, we are told that Ruth and her new husband, Boaz, become the parents of a boy named Obed. And Obed grows up to be the father of a boy named Jesse. And Jesse grows up to be the father of King David. So in a in a quite elemental way. Um, I, I guess you could say it, it is clear 
that a great loss, a tragic ending in this story is also a new beginning. And I say that um, not to be quaint and not to be flippant about it, because when we face tragedy ourselves, it is extremely difficult and maybe impossible to imagine what the new beginning is (laughs) that is happening in the midst of this ending that is destroying and upending and disorienting our entire lives in the moment, okay? And so it's, it, it is true okay, that these endings um, are part of a new beginning. But in the crisis moment itself and in the, in the depths of loss that we experience, it really is not on you or me to, to grasp at what is the possibility that's being opened up today. What is the new beginning that is happening right now? Okay. Most of the time, the best that we could muster in this situation might be a willingness to wonder and simply understand that we don't have a perfect knowledge of everything that is happening. Right? In the midst of, lo- of loss, just that small awareness that something good, some new good might be taking shape, right? It's like you almost like put in a bookmark at some place in the back of your mind to say, I, I'm at least going to reserve just some kind of acknowledgement of the possibility. And other than that, I'm, I'm just in the pit. I'm in the depths other than that, okay? So I back to this movie, Up, <laughs> the Pixar movie. Um, I want to tell you something about this movie, and if you haven't seen it, I'm going to be try. I'm going to try to not give too many details. Okay, um, but in this story, um, Carl has this house, and it's the house that he's lived in, you know, his whole life with his wife, and it's lovely, and it's full of lovely things, and Carl is highly protective of this house, and he is highly protective and defensive about everything in it. So every plate, every fork, every chair, every candle holder, you know, every little picture or whatever, um, these are all precious to him because they are associated with hundreds of different memories that he has with his wife. And he goes to great lengths uh, throughout the story to preserve and to defend all of his treasured things that he has. It's an important element of, you know, how he relates to other people in this story. But there is a moment in in the movie, in the story, when Carl realizes that he's kind of caught between um, two things that he really cares about. And, And on the one hand, he can protect his possessions. And on the other hand, he can help the new friends that he has made on his adventure and honestly the the dilemma is that really helping his friends requires that he no longer protect these items and these these sacred memories okay Um, and in particular without explaining exactly what happens um, he realizes that he the only way he can help his friends is to discard everything in his house and so he actually starts throwing everything that he has 
away. And eventually he, he actually says goodbye to the house itself. It's not something that he would have been able to do before that point because, you know, grief is a process. We are on a long journey with this stuff. But there came a time when he was ready to choose and to pursue some new good thing. And at that point in the story, we see that in Carl's life, the experience of loss has been transformed into the experience of letting go. And that is an important change. You might say that loss is something that happens to us. And letting go is something that we choose for ourselves when we are ready. This dynamic shapes the story of Ruth and Naomi as they make their choices about what they're going to do, where they're going to go, and what new connections they are going to try and forge in the aftermath of a great loss. And the dynamic shapes your story and mine as well, both in the things that we have been through and also in things yet to come. It is true that loss makes space for new things. It is true that endings are beginnings. And the most basic truth of all is that the love from which our lives are born, the love that crafted every treasure of our living, including those that we lose, this love never leaves us alone. This love is something we cannot lose, even in the depths of destitution and despair. Love will see us through, even then. Because it is our source, it is our redemption, and it is our sustenance forever, no matter what. Amen.